Good afternoon. I'm Carmina Constantino. Dateline Philippines begins right now. Thanks for joining us. For those of you watching us on YouTube and on Facebook, nice to have you with us today. The U.S. Capitol, once again secured after it was breached by supporters of U.S. President Donald Trump, whose desperate attempt to cling to power sparked violence. See, there's now talk the chaos in Capitol Hill could lead to Trump's removal from office. Our North America Bureau Chief T.J. Manotok now joins us with the latest on this developing story. T.J., good afternoon from Manila. Good afternoon, Casey. You know, it was supposed to be a historic day in Washington, D.C. with some political resistance, but what unfolded in Washington, D.C. is something that will stain President Donald Trump's legacy and as well American democratic history. Moments after President Donald Trump led a rally with thousands of his supporters in the streets of Washington, D.C. to once again decry and claim the election was stolen from them and pressure Republican senators and congressmen and even Mike Pence, the vice president, to do the right thing and objective results in the elections in some swing states. Pro-Trump supporters marched toward the Capitol where the Senate and Congress convened in a special session to count electoral college votes and certify the wins of Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. But instead of just stopping at the grounds and chanting their disgust, believing that allegations of electoral fraud were true, the pro-Trump supporters barged through the barriers, outnumbering the Capitol Police and easily hurling them straight into the halls of the Capitol. Panic ensued inside as security and Capitol Police immediately urged the vice president, all the senators and congressmen and their staff to hide for safety and evacuate. It was seen straight out of a movie or from a third world country with authoritarian rule. But this was the United States of America. Capitol Police and local D.C. police struggled to gain control of the situation. It got worse when some armed Trump supporters were at the door of the chambers of Congress with Capitol Police drawing guns protecting congressmen, hunkering down inside. Lawmakers and staffers stuck inside were advised to wear gas masks in preparation of tear gas. In another hallway, a woman was shot and had to be rushed out. She was in critical condition. Hours later, DC police revealed that the woman died of her gunshot wound. It took more than two hours before President Trump took the social media and released a video message calling for peace, but still complaining about what's already been disproven and baseless claims of electoral fraud. After four hours, police find that were able to clear the Capitol building and secure it. Congressmen and senators were able to go back to their halls and resume the electoral vote counts by 8 p.m. After the violent attack on the Capitol, Congresswoman Ilan Omar tweeted that she is drafting articles of impeachment against Trump, who she says clearly incited violence. Congresswoman Cory Bush wants to expel congressmen who supported Trump's efforts to overturn the election. Republican congressmen and senators who initially committed to block the electoral vote results, many of them now changing their minds. Eight out of the original 14 senators have now backed off. Murmurs of the 25th Amendment going around with new reports saying that some cabinet members have already begun discussing the extreme step that they have the power to do to remove Trump from office for being unfit for the presidency. Three senior staff members of the White House already resigned with more potentially coming due to the unrest and violence at the Capitol. Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram forcibly deleting posts, tweets, and videos of Donald Trump and locked him out for 12 and 24 hours respectively. More importantly, Twitter threatened to permanently suspend his account if Trump continues to violate their terms again. Casey, senators and congressmen are still going through with their constitutional duty. They're now back in the halls to count the electoral votes together with VP Mike Pence, who is set to certify the count later tonight. And we could see 
the official announcement certifying the win of President-elect Joe Biden and Vice President-elect Kamala Harris later in the evening. Casey? One question for you. Where is Mike Pence in all of this? Remember, we've been talking about in the last few days as he's been safely keeping himself at a distance, kind of keeping himself on the fence and not committing to the demands of President Trump and his loyal supporters to do what he can't do, which is overturn the results of the election. And today, after the violence, he condemned it and he had this to say as they resumed their session. And as we reconvene in this chamber, the world will again witness the resilience and strength of our democracy. For even in the wake of unprecedented violence and vandalism at this Capitol, the elected representatives of the people of the United States have assembled again on the very same day to support and defend the Constitution of the United States. Let's get back to work. And there you have it, Casey. That was the excerpt of Mike Pence's uh, requested short speech before the session at the Senate resumed earlier uh, at 8 p.m. tonight. And uh, so far, things are going smoothly and safely, and we expect the results to be certified later in the evening. Casey. All right. Thanks a lot. And North America Bureau Chief there, TJ Manotok, joining us from the city of San Francisco. Thanks again, TJ. Back here in the newsroom, the rest of the world also watching in horror as an unprecedented crisis in the U.S. unfolds. British Prime Minister Boris Johnson calling what happened disgraceful. He added the U.S. stands for democracy and a peaceful transition of power is vital. Former U.S. President Barack Obama, meanwhile, says Republican leaders have to make a choice between stoking raging fires in America or taking the first steps in extinguishing them. European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen believes the strength of U.S. institutions, asserting Joe Biden won the November election. NATO Secretary General Jens Stoltenberg also chiming in. He said the outcome of the U.S. election should be respected. As for the Prime Minister of Netherlands, he called on Trump to recognize Biden's victory. Here at home, Foreign Affairs Secretary Teodoro Loxin Jr. expresses confidence in the strength of American democracy. He says the U.S. can cope with the civil disturbance and fight wars on three fronts and still come out the winner. Back with more news, the body of flight attendant Christine Dacera has arrived in her hometown of General Santos. Our correspondent Chat Angsagay is on the line to give us details. Chat, what more can you tell us? Yes, Carmina, the remains of Christine Dacera arrived at Jensen City Airport past 10 a.m. today, Thursday. Only the closest family members were allowed to go inside the cargo section. Among those who made the trip to Jensen were Christine's parents and relatives from Manila. From the airport, the convoy went straight to a private memorial chapel here in the city. Some residents and motorists witnessed the convoy that brought Christine's remains to her wake. Some of the onlookers said they felt anguish about Christine's, about Christine. And some of the onlookers said they felt anguish about what happened to Christine, but also said they cannot state their opinion and will just wait for the results of the investigation. Meanwhile, Mary Grace Rosario, Christine's aunt said, the family plans to bury Icas this Sunday, January 10th. 
he said the parents wanted to focus first on their daughter's funeral and burial and leave the investigation to the authorities. As of the moment, members of the media are still here outside the memorial chapel and minimum health protocols are implemented to maintain the physical distancing inside the chapel. Chat and Sagai, ABS-CBN News. Thanks a lot, Chat. Moving on, sexual orientation is not a defense for rape. That's the assertion of the Dacera family after some of the suspects in the alleged rape slate case insisted on their innocence by saying they are gay. Sexual orientation is not one of the elements in proving the crime of rape. Mm. Okay? And sexual orientation or being a member of the LGBTQ community is not a defense for rape. Mm. What, what one, one may pose, rather, one, one, one may claim or one may assert and one may even prove and one may and one is a one one maybe is a homosexual, but that does not discount that rape cannot be committed cannot be committed by that certain individual. Mm -mm. That is our mm -mm. position in here, and that mm -mm. is clear. Mm -mm. And, and this is also not again. And this is also not a fight against the LGBTQ community. Mm. Okay, this is rather a the, the, the struggle of the family to to attain to attain justice mm -mm. Mm -mm. for the for the death of of the victim. The more contagious coronavirus variant discovered in the UK now in at least five American states. That's according to Francis Collins, director of the National Institutes of Health in the U.S. Last week, Florida became the third known state to identify such a case. Two other cases were found in Colorado and California. I would be surprised if that number doesn't grow pretty rapidly. Uh, people travel around. This should not be a surprise. That does seem to be a virus that has about a 70% higher ability to transmit from one person to the next. And you can see how, therefore, it has been very successful in dominating uh, what's happening in the UK. And we should think about where that's going to take us in the US as well. Colin says newly developed vaccines should be effective against the variant. He adds at least 80% of Americans should get the vaccines to reach herd immunity. Britain reports over 1,000 coronavirus-related deaths over the past 24 hours. That's the highest daily death toll since April. On Wednesday, the number of daily confirmed cases also hit over 62,000, the highest since the outbreak started in the UK. The total number of fatalities is now at more than 77,000, while the total number of cases stands at 2.8 million. Over 30,000 are being treated in hospitals. British Prime Minister Boris Johnson says easing England's national lockdown would be done gradually as vaccines are rolled out over the coming weeks. More countries added to the Philippine list of pandemic travel restrictions of areas with confirmed infections of the new COVID-19 variant. The Philippines will ban the entry of travelers from Portugal, India, Finland, Norway, Jordan and Brazil. Duterte spokesman Harry Roque says the travel restrictions will last until January 15. At least 21 other countries where the new COVID-19 variant was detected are covered by the travel ban. The Philippine Health Department has confirmed the Hong Kong resident who tested positive for the new COVID-19 variant is a Filipino domestic worker. The patient came from the Cagayan Valley region. 
She left Cagayan on December 17 and arrived in Manila on December 18. There she underwent quarantine as required by her workplace. Her COVID-19 test on December 19 turned out negative. The woman then left for Hong Kong on December 22, where she underwent quarantine upon arrival. Another swab test on January 2 showed she was positive for the new COVID-19 variant. Philippine health officials say contact tracing is now being done in Cagayan Valley and in Metro Manila. Well, not a question of if, but when. Philippine Health Secretary Francisco Duque III says it's only a matter of time before the new COVID-19 variant will reach the country. But he assures the public the health department is ramping up its testing, isolation, and biosurveillance facilities. Duque also allays fears the new variant is deadlier. It's not more dangerous so far. The, there is no evidence to show that uh, this particular variant uh, is more virulent, meaning uh, more serious uh, illness or complications uh, can be brought about it. It's not. There's, there's no indication that that is uh, what's happening. It only shows that it is more transmissible. A health expert calls for better genome surveillance as the Philippines braces for the potential arrival of the new COVID-19 variant. Dr. Edsel Salvania from the UP Institute of Molecular Biology says, while the Philippine Genome Center can process around 760 samples in a few days, the procedure could become too expensive. Salvania adds beefing up genome surveillance will be beneficial in the long run. It's completely impossible to say that it's not here because you're not testing every single person and doing genome sequencing. The vaccines do work, but if there are further mutations, they might start to lose efficacy. And that's why it's very important to have a continuing genomic surveillance so that we can make sure that our vaccines still work. Former Philippine lawmaker Reynaldo Omali has passed away after a heart attack. He was 63. According to his brother, Oriental Mindoro Representative Alfonso Umali Jr., the former lawmaker battled cancer and COVID-19 last December. Umali played a huge role in the ouster of former Supreme Court Chief Justice Maria Lourdes Sereno. He presided over impeachment proceedings against Sereno in the House, which coincided with a covaranto petition. He also served as a prosecutor in the impeachment trial of former Chief Justice Renato Corona. All physical activities of Cebu Sinulog Festival are now canceled. The grand religious celebration is supposed to culminate with a massive street party on January 17. But Sinulog Foundation, led by Cebu City Vice Mayor Michael Rama, has decided everything will now be recorded and aired on local TV stations as well as online. There will be some areas where public viewing will be allowed, but with strict compliance of health protocols. The Cebu Medical Society had called for the cancellation of the event, citing the health and safety of people amid the pandemic. The Philippine Public Works and Highways Department relieves at least 14 district engineers accused by President Duterte of corruption. It was late last year when Duterte named lawmakers and district engineers who allegedly received kickbacks from public works projects. He admitted, though, he had no hard evidence against them. 
Tuloy-tuloy naman ang investigasyon namin sa lahat ng mga nagsasabit ng mga reports. Kung meron nakikitang mga bagay na kailangan ayusin uh, or may mga wastages na, na, na nakikita namin, definitely uh, ayusin namin kaagad. We will work with the PACC, we will work with the agencies to make sure that uh, all the projects are, are, uh, are uh, implemented properly. And some NBA news before we go. The Philadelphia 76ers outlasted the Washington Wizards in a shootout. 141 to 136, the 76ers overcame a career-best performance from Wizards franchise player Bradley Beal. The all-star guard lit up the Sixers for a career-high 60 points. That tied the franchise record set by Gilbert Arenas. Beal, though, couldn't lift Washington to victory as he was held to just three points in the final quarter. Joel Embiid led the winners with 38 points. And that'll do it for today. Thanks for joining us. I'm Carmina Constantino. If you want to revisit today's episode, Dateline Philippines podcast is on Spotify and Apple Podcast. Play back this newscast too on ANC's YouTube channel and on ANC 24-7 on Facebook. Keep safe, you guys. Keep to your ANC.